Hello and welcome to the Get Into Grips With podcast, where I, the host Tom Watson, aims to inspire humans to lead happier, healthier and better connected lives. At Project Get A Grip, we want every human being to continuously grow and prosper as they traverse through the ever-changing terrain of life and strive to build the best versions of themselves. By delving into the journeys and lives of others, these in-depth conversations seek to inspire you to question your beliefs, overcome fears and take positive action to better connect mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually and ultimately live a purpose-driven life in which you can flourish and thrive. For episode 17, I was joined by Jessica Mary Robson, who is the founder of Run Talk Run. Run Talk Run exists to make both running and mental health support less intimidating and more accessible. Born out of our own mental health battles, Jess created this inspiring running community in late 2017. This is now growing rapidly and has her Run Talk Runners meeting weekly for 5Ks across over 85 locations worldwide. We discussed the beauty of running, power of community, and saying yes to making your voice heard. Running has been such a staple for me and many others during lockdown, so I hope you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to get your trainers on once more. Let's get into it. And we are recording. Jess, welcome to episode, I think it's 17, of the Get Into Grits With podcast. Uh, I have a confession. Out of those 17 episodes, you're only the second female I've had on the show. So Oh, really? That's... <laughs> Probably a fault on my part. We're all about equality. It's not exclude. I mean, I do a lot of work in the men's field, as you know, but this conversation, I wanted to open it as a broad open forum so I can learn, everyone can learn off human beings. So um, hopefully we can get some more females on the show and awesome way for you to reintroduce that. Uh, inspiring to say the least. But before we get into all the work you're doing, um, with the talk club meetups that we do, we always have a check-in and I thought we'd check in with one another first and we use this system of how do you feel out of 10? And it's just, you know, we can all sometimes wear masks even when we're doing cool stuff like this. Um, and I'll start by sharing how I feel out of 10. And I would say I'm a seven right now because my hay fever is a nightmare. So if I start sniffling, sneezing, rubbing my eyes, <laughs> going a bit red in the face, um, and it sounds like someone's doing roadworks outside as well, it's live. It's real and raw. Like, what can we do? This is life. So, you know, I'm not certainly by no means polished 10 out of 10 today, but, you know, that, that's where I am. Jess, how are you out of 10? Um, I give myself an eight this morning. Well, you're beating um... me already, so... <laughs> It, um, yeah, it was my first good night's sleep in, in a while. Um, so I feel, yeah, fresher than I have done the last sort of five or six days, which is great. Eight's, eight's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. So you said you're a bit of an early bed. So it's not too early on a Saturday morning. I, I pushed it to 10 o'clock. Nine's usually a bit early for me. <laughs> I kind of pushed that extra hour. Um, what's, your, what's your morning been looking like so far today? Uh, so I wake around five, half five every day and that, that sort of routine is something I won't let go of. Um, it doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I'm quite strict about my wake up time to my detriment. Um, so I actually had a fairly slow start to the day. I 
had a very um, non-structured workout, took it kind of easy and yeah, good big breakfast before this. So 5.30 is early um, and even on weekends as well, that's pretty staple for you. You say no matter what time yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I rely on routine to be honest. So. Yeah, I do as well. But my wake up time's usually seven, quarter to seven at a push. Um, but you say you did a workout before. I'm someone that likes working out in the afternoon or evening. Like certainly during lockdown, I've been splitting my day and doing my exercise sort of lunchtime. And I just feel like it gets me away from the computer and my sort of lap, my monitors and obviously your passion and interest in running do you run every morning like what's the sort of volume when you say workout what was your workout today so today um i have been following um turf games with a couple of other girls that i know um so sort of at home crossfit style workouts and that's kept me more consistent i don't run every day i would injure so quickly if i ran every day as much as I would like to. Um, but I've been having the occasional sort of run to run over the phone, which has been really nice. And I sort of run to feel. If I feel like a longer run, I'll, I'll run a longer run. But sometimes I'll just go out for a mile or two and that's enough. I'm, what I'm trying to say, there isn't a lot of structure to, <laughs> to my workouts. Sometimes we can overdo the structure and the routines and I've been guilty of it. Um, and I mentioned it in the last podcast, I was reading James Clear's Atomic Habits and he was saying that if you've got a routine in place, don't beat yourself up if you miss a day. He's just got this simple rule of like, try not to ever miss two. So if you break the chain, he talks about just picking up where you left off. You know, if you don't, if the alarm doesn't go off at 5.30 or you don't do your morning workout and you miss a day, I think we can kind of obsess with this. This is kind of culture of like, you've got to have your morning routine. And, you know, it's very, it's become very like vlogger and YouTube style now, these morning routines. I just noticed mm. in what you said um, about volume of running. And something that I was thinking about the, the other day and like coming into this podcast was obviously everyone's becoming a runner now or doing more running which is great to see. I'd like to just understand your like outlook and what that makes, how that makes you feel. So so many people get involved with running um, before we get into the run sort run story and the injury side of things, because I think there's this attitude of I've got to run every day. If I don't, then I'm going to start feeling bad. My mental health might slip. My physical health might slip. So how do you see this kind of wave of people getting interested in running and the injury side of things? I think on the whole, it can only be a good thing. Um, running is brilliant for your mental health and physical health. And overall, it's really positive. But the, like you've pointed out, the risk is taking up running, but not taking up any additional coping mechanisms to deal with feeling a bit flat or... Um, not having anything else that brings you up to that same level that running does um, which yeah it will lead to a sort of all or nothing kind of mentality with it I reckon um, I know that I have to be super careful not to run too much because to lose that as a as a vice if you like would be really detrimental to me so I know to not overtrain. Um, so yeah I guess <laughs> I would just encourage people to find 
multiple ways to feel as good as how running makes you feel. Because it can be quite stressful on your joints and my like I don't do too much running volume like my kind of distances I don't tend to push more than 10k but I've done a half marathon marathon before with very little training and I'm someone that trains quite a lot and quite fit and active you know circuits crossfit all that and after a half marathon my back and knees were out of action for three days so if you've got someone that's like your general um, recreational runner who's not done much training before or any intensive training or anything with resistance or volume I can only imagine what that may do after like a week of just even doing you know a 3k around the block um, it's just interesting it's something I've been thinking about and how I think it's important that we mix um, resistance training into that as well um, so you mentioned the turf games what <laughs> explain what that is because I've kind of heard it bounce around what's that doing for you right now um, it's a very different style of training to what I'm used to. Um, I have resisted anything that looks like CrossFit for, <laughs> for a long time because I don't like working out fast. You know, even with my running, I run slow. And when I'm lifting, I lift slow. I take three to five minute rests <laughs> in between sets. So this turf games is very much, uh, high intensity. Um, like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of solid work. Um, and it's been cool to try something new. I wouldn't say that I'm loving it, <clears throat> but it's been fun to like challenge myself with something different. So is it like leaderboard style focused or like you sort of do it with your mates, like on online? How, how do you sort of, what's the platform? Um, so I think there is a leaderboard going on. I'm not engaging with that <laughs> because again, that's just not how I like to work out. Um, strength training for me has always been the very like solo um, experience, you know, me against myself um, and seeing myself get stronger and not really caring too much for the people lifting around me. Um, and yeah, I think as soon as I start comparing um, my fitness level against anyone else's, I stop enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, you can bring the ego into it. Like I've been involved. I've actually taken a step back from the CrossFit side of things myself, like competitive side of things last, since Christmas really. I did a competition, a big one in, um, in London called Strength and Depth. And I just kind of, I did enjoy it, but I, I kind of left it thinking, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just want to break. So I've, mm that really resonates with me that kind of train to feel like and then feel to train and just going off what your body's telling you and I've definitely sparked this more approach in my life of trying to just seek balance and and not trying to go to extreme in one direction um just going back to the running I've seen that there's been a huge surge in popularity on like the ultra running side of things like yes. what's your take on the ultra runners and the volume and that for health and well-being like what's your take on that um i think that for all of these new runners that are entering the running community it can almost seem a bit like overwhelming because all these people are starting out running and they're not going to be able to knock out you know 100k <laughs> in a day um so again, it comes down to that comparison thing. As soon as you start interacting, especially on Instagram, with other runners in the running community, it can 
you're suddenly exposed to all these people that have been doing it for five, 10, 15 years. And I think for those people that are knocking out hundred milers <laughs> over bank holiday weekend, brutal. that's okay. It's brutal, but it's okay. You know, they've been running for a long, long time. They've conditioned their bodies to be able to handle that. Um, myself personally, I, both of my parents run crazy different distances and I've got a few close friends who do the same so it's really hard to not get swept up in what everyone else is doing um but I can see the benefits of it for those people um in the same way that lifting makes me feel strong running a long distance makes them feel strong so you know it does wonders <laughs> yeah. yeah I think you've got to run your own race like it's the same in any sport really like that happens in the CrossFit world like you put CrossFit in on a hashtag on Instagram and you'll see the CrossFit games and everyone immediately thinks they need to be training for the CrossFit games. It's probably the same for, you know, people doing, um, leisurely five Ks, like, you know, not everyone's going to be running a hundred miles on the weekend. So I think again, there's broader discussions with social media and what that does, but I think you've just got to run your own race. But what I love about what you're doing with run talk run is the the distance seems to be revolving around the 5k as a, a leisurely pace and there's no competing i was looking at the values on your website and and it was one of them was something about we, we don't care about pace um so tell us a little bit more about how you run your meetups and why that 5k is so important to you and your community um the 5k distance is really important because it does make us open to absolutely every ability of runner in as much as if we had to walk 5k we could do that you know we're not ruling anyone out <clears throat> but the second you start creeping over that distance you know you've got people that <clears throat> might not be able to walk over 5k um we don't care about pace at all with run talk run the running simply facilitates our conversations and we're not actually focused on being better runners at all. Um, we're not there to develop our fitness. We're there to, to talk, to talk about the trickier things and to provide that space. Um, yeah, I think it just so happens that running does that in a really lovely way. So that's why we use it. It does because the entry level is so low. You know, all you need is your trainers and you can scale down. If you can't run, then walk. Um, so I find that amazing how, you know, there's no real membership fee. You can, anyone can go out and run at any point. So that's the beauty of it. And it's always makes me feel better when I've done a 5k and I've been doing lots of them over this period. I've really tapered back off of the, um, the kind of CrossFit circuits and just hitting a 5k. It just, it's just so such a nice feeling. And it's funny you should say about, um, facilitating the conversations and it, it's a way of getting people to open up. With our talk club movement, we've had physical meetups in more confined spaces, such as like back rooms of pubs or community centers. And that's a big step for a lot of guys. It's almost like a first date of them coming in to talk about how they feel. But we, mm. like before lockdown, we started looking, and I've mentioned to you before about um, setting up a running club for the guys to give them the space of like, okay, there's an option. You can come to the more intimate meetups or let's go for a walk, let's go for a run. It's something that we're still really looking to do. Um, 
So I, I think that's that's really powerful, and it seems to be working because I noticed that you've got over seventy low, well, seventy meetups worldwide. If is that number growing? That seems to what I've seen on your website. How has that? Growth I need to update that. <laughs> How many is it now? We're at eighty-five that's now. Eighty-five. Yeah. Well, I've given you a cue to update your website. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how has that grown? And it's clearly a model that works because it's so powerful and people are engaging with it. How has it grown to 85 and what's the journey been from the very first one, which was just you? So give us a bit of a, a journey as to how, how we're worldwide and we're at 85 clubs. Um, it's a good question. Um, so we've only been running for two and a half years. Um, for the first year of Run Talk Run, there was just one support group. I never intended for Run Talk Run to sort of become um, a large movement as it has. Um, I was very content with running my little support group, you know, that was um, supporting me and it was supporting a very small group of people. Um, but what happened was, as we were sort of posting about our runs on social media a lady in Peterborough noticed what we were doing and she sort of asked me how can I set up the same safe space in my hometown in Peterborough and I said well I'm very much on my own with Run Talk Run how about you call yours Run Talk Run and we can sort of help each other with this and do this together um so that was, you know, the, the second group that was set up, which I think kind of acted as a catalyst for other people to sort of see that this wasn't just a London thing. This is something that can be adopted absolutely anywhere. So it's get your running shoes on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of things... <laughs> um, in London especially, there is, there is already a fair bit of support. There are a lot of running communities um, that sometimes it can just look like it is London focused and that is it. But as soon as, you know, Jens in Peterborough started, um, yeah, it kind of just opened this whole wave of people that kind of thought my hometown needs this as well. Um, and as I've mentioned with the runners attending, the barrier to participation as a leader is also really low um, there's not like a strict criteria that you need to meet to become a run talk run leader you know we're not running coaches and we're not therapists um, which means that you know more people can offer that support to their community um, which is why I think it has snowballed from you know two groups to 85 within 18 months um yeah that's some pretty proud of where it's gone yeah, yeah. it's some, some pretty um it's some steep growth and that that's quite a lot of clubs and do you are you sort of forecasting and looking at other areas of the world like how are you training up your facilitators what's the growth looking like for run talk run so we receive i'd say a new inquiry most days about starting a run talk run um, so the growth isn't slowing down by any stretch. Um, we do have groups overseas, um, America and Dubai and random places. Um, and mostly the training is through me. 
Um, it's through the conversations that I have with these leaders over the phone and the resources that I provide them with. Um, but in the UK specifically, there is mental health first aid and leader in running fitness training available to our leaders as well. So those things are optional, the formal training. Um, they are to help a leader feel more confident in hosting that space, but it's not a, a prerequisite that people have to come with. Yeah. How are you um, finding managing or your facilitators managing this during lockdown obviously with the restrictions and the contact i know it's forever changing it's a bit of a moving feast at the moment with government updates but how has that affected your community i personally have found it very frustrating because you know my my goal with run talk run is to be able to support people as much as i can uh, with their mental health and i know that throughout lockdown that people are struggling you know probably a lot more so than even the normal um we have been hosting our usual run talk run routine and timings online so at the same time people would show up for their normal run talk run they can show up online to a zoom so although we're not meeting in person they are still keeping that consistency with the timings um and the consistency of that safe space. Um, not everyone has done this, but I have hosted over the phone run talk runs as well um, with different people in the community, which has been so valuable for myself to keep running and talking, <laughs> really. So um, I noticed that um, you did a post on your Instagram and you said that Strava have set up some sort of initiative that does that conflict in ways with what you're doing in your community? How, how are you sort of being challenged by um, other groups? Not so much competitors, but I noticed that post in particular about Strava and the sustainability. Um, and how is the financial side and challenges from other people doing similar affecting your community and, and what you're doing? So I don't see Run Talk Run as having any competitors as such. Um, the comparison with Strava uh, that I was talking about on Instagram yeah. was very much centered around the fact that Strava recently have introduced um, a membership, if you like, for their users um, so that people who don't pay will get a very basic service and people who are paying get more fancy bits. Um, and I was relating that to Run Talk Run because run talk run is something that will always be free to attend to absolutely everyone that really um is something that matters a lot to me that this mental health support is accessible to anyone um but for run talk run to be sustainable we do need an income to cover our overheads and to train run leaders so i put it out there to the community for those who are able to donate on a monthly basis um four pound and be a run to run supporter um i'll just put it out there and see who who can support us and in being more sustainable in the same way that strava has had to reach out and say hey look we're providing a service but Absolutely. we can only do this for so long um it's an interesting yeah. discussion <laughs> because i think people that work in the space 
um, of helping people, community, connection, um, public speaking, mental health. There seems to be a lot of limiting beliefs about charging for the service or what that service is worth. I know my last guest, Nathan, said for so long he had this limiting belief that you know he'd do so many gigs for free. And I think that's important to give back for free. But he was working with his mentor and, and coach and, and he had to work through barriers of these limiting beliefs of really seeing that you are of value and you have something that's worth paying for that is either reinvested into your movement or into your time. Have you had limiting beliefs yourself in this journey? Oh, 100%. Um, even, even last week, putting it out to the community, you know, saying we're, you know, putting out this option to donate, even putting it out as an option to donate <laughs> felt conflicting for me. Um, because yeah, for so long, I've kind of done this out of goodwill and because it really matters to me. Um, I, it's something I'm actually still working on a lot. You know, I'll often do talks for, for free um, when I could definitely um, charge for my time. And I think that's something that will be an ongoing journey for me, actually. Yeah, it is for me as well. I I've still have limiting beliefs on the public speaking side of things and kind of promoting myself and being like, you know, really back on myself. Like, um, you know, I've got something important to say and I feel like I'll have bursts of energy. One week I'll be, you know, really sort of back on myself and the next week I'll sort of sort of uh, sort of pull back and, and retract and it, it is hard when you're working in this space to really fully dive in at the deep end and unfortunately I've got some great people and mentors around me um, and mm. I, I noticed that you did a blog post on um, about obtaining more speaking engagements have you got any advice for me sat here to really take a hold of my um, speaking journey what would you what advice would you give me as a speaker um so <laughs> i think you're already doing this <laughs> because your whole you're not you've you're building something i think the point i was trying to make with that is i found it really hard to get speaking engagements at the beginning of my journey with run talk run because yes i could talk about my own mental health and that's very valid like thing to talk about like I have a lot of experience to share but it was through building run talk run that gave me something people really wanted to hear about um yeah I don't know if that makes any sense actually but it's by like throwing it yourself in the deep end and I think I think it's about leaning with the heart and I think sometimes well lived experience in many many fields and many times will um seek the attention and people being inspired by those stories opposed to perhaps degrees or courses or you know not being our true authentic self so I, i'm i'm learning and, and growing every day and i noticed that with your other side of you got run talk run and then you've got your which i believe is newly launched coaching business so this is a nice segue into, 
you know, that world for you, you know, mentoring, coaching, how is that treating you and, and what's that doing for your, for your life right now? I absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah, I think for me, I love what I'm doing with Run, Talk, Run. I see that that's providing so much value, but there are limitations. Not everyone is going to want to talk about their mental health on a run. You know, this is for a very specific group of people who can run and indeed want to run and are at a point with their mental health where they can even turn up to a group. Um, with that being said, there are so many other people developing so many other amazing social movements that will hit another sort of niche area. So to be able to create um, impact in the way that I want to, to be able to empower someone else to go and create social good, that honestly just ticks all my boxes. <laughs> well, it aligns with your values, doesn't it? It's very much you're helping people recreate what you're doing and have done with, with Run Talk Run. Um, what sort of uh, people have you been helping? Like what, what sort of um, social enterprises and movements can you let me and the listeners know for us to check out? Uh, and what's really going on out there in the world right now with people you're working with? Absolutely. Um, so uh, one of my clients at the moment, um, she is developing a network, if you like, of well, a community of volunteers so that they can connect other volunteers to um, the charities that have slots to fill. You know, they, they have that need. So she's basically bridging the gap between the need of charities and the volunteer community. Um, that's called Serve Social. Cool. And if you are someone that is thinking about volunteering, but not too sure how to go about it or where to even begin, Serve Social is a, just a fantastic platform that she's building. Um, Make some notes here and put them in the, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, so which was the first one? And so that, that is Serve Social. That is, that, awesome. yeah, it's a That's so community cool. of volunteers helping each other find opportunities within, with, with charities, essentially. Um, and yeah, another one of my clients, um, she is a therapist who would like to build a business around, um, it's very similar to Run Talk Run, but providing more formal therapy through running. So, yeah, that's very much aligned with everything that I love as well. That's great. And I think when everyone's flying the same flag, like what we're doing with Talk Club, there are, um, like you said, there's other running groups. There's other men's support groups. And I think we're really all doing this together. And, you know, there's no really right or wrong way of, of doing it, really. Um, I'd like to just go back a little bit to sort of the origins of, of Run Talk Run and just really what running's provided for you and how it's really been a catalyst in your, not just physical health, but, but mental health. Um, what was the early days like before Run Talk Run? Um, so I, I wasn't a very active teenager at all. So running for me was definitely something very new. I sort of started running around the age of 19 and I'll be honest, it didn't necessarily come from a very good mindset. So 
I was very bulimic in my teenage years. And essentially, I started running as a means to stay slim. I guess you could say that it was another form of purging, um, a means of counteracting the food that I'd eaten. So I say that with hesitancy because although running is such a positive thing for me, it didn't really come from a positive place. Yeah. But what I kind of found with it was that actually it ended up being the thing that took me away from bulimia because it built my esteem up and it gave me pride, which is not something that I'd ever really sort of experienced too much of before. Um, yeah, so it built my self-efficacy, like the, the belief that I could set a goal and see it through. Um, that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Did a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing and, and look what you've created from it, from that adversity. And I'm, I'm sure there's bumps in the road and there has been and, and always will be, but I think part of recovery, um, for me is being part of a community, being of, being of service and of value to others. Um, and I love the quote, it's like giving and kindness is like air miles. The more you give, the higher you fly and the further you go. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Write that one down. You, I, I, <laughs> yeah. you can sub-quote me, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, and there is, like you say, a space for so many of these communities and they're so, so needed um, in whatever form you can provide this safe space for other people to talk about their mental health or to support people with their mental health, um, the better, really. But there's no cap on how many of these groups can be yeah, created. I think you're right. And, you know, it become, I think the mental health awareness side of things become so prominent in the last few years. You know, our royals have a mental health charity um, everyone is talking about it a lot more and posting about it on on social media and I think it's moving in the right direction I think we're a little bit behind the action I think everyone's talking about it and everyone's thinking about it um, but other than running what other actionable steps help you manage your mental health and physical health better like what sort of actionable steps and takeaways can you give the listeners who are you know listening into this or listening back um it's a good question because quite often if I am actually in a dark place and that does still happen <laughs> um I don't want to talk to anyone I'm very much in my brain and I do need to sort of help myself cope by myself um there are things that I can do sort of instantly in the moment that will make it feel a little less dark um even small things like opening my bedroom window if I am <laughs> struggling in bed for the day. Mm. Um, just that fresh air can help me instantly. Or, you know, if I'm feeling a bit bolder than that, actually getting outside for an hour or so. Not e even exercising, but just sitting outside can help me feel better. Um, journaling is something that I do daily without fail. Yeah. Um, I find the process of articulating or even attempting to articulate my thoughts uh, really helps me get a bit of perspective on them. 
Is there any sort of format that you use? Is, is it sort of open journal or template journals or apps? There's so much out there. Which ones do you opt for? Uh, so I actually like to write um, with a pen and paper and it's very, very open. Some days are harder to write openly. It can be hard, I think, when your brain is in that really messy place. It can be hard to like find sentences that, <laughs> that describe what's going on in your head. So in those moments, I will start with my body and I'll just say, I'm feeling so tense in my shoulders and my heart's beating really fast right now. And from there, it's almost easier to then sort of write. Once, once I've started writing about how the body feels, it then becomes easier to write about what's going on in my head. What I'm hearing from you is that, you know, from opening the window or going outside and tuning in with the body, it's about connection, isn't it? It's about reconnecting mm. and connecting with the body and the mind. And it sounds like you're striving to uh, make those connections. And um, the journal for me is really important and something that might help you as a takeaway. I think I've actually got it here. I'll just grab it is I use the six minute diary. So this is on Amazon. There's no plug here, not sponsor or anything like that. So <laughs> I don't get any permission. It's not like, it's not like that. I'm not, I'm not that famous <laughs> um, <laughs> yet. Um, the, this gives prompts. So it has a section at the back for like open writing, like at the end of each week, but actually each morning it gives you three things you're grateful for. There's a section on how um, this is how I'll make today great and then a positive affirmation and there's like a little quote and then there's mm. a checkout of my good deed for the day, how I'll improve and then great things I experienced today. So it just prompts on like a template um, and then there's like a weekly and monthly checkout. So this is really important to like my ongoing management of um, not just mentally and physically, but I'm definitely more um, getting open to the world of like spirituality and emotional health. Mm. Um, is there anything under the spiritual umbrella that you resonate with meditation or stoic teachings? What does spirituality mean to you? That's a really good question. Um, I think I engage in a lot of sort of spirituality things. Uh, without really realizing it if that makes any sense um things that remind me how small i am in the world matter a lot to me in managing my mental health as well so um i use the sky as well as a form of bringing my anxiety down like even just a simple like just looking up at whatever the sky's doing and imagining how fast the universe is beyond what I'm seeing can make me and my problems feel really small. Um, and that whole existential side of spirituality intrigues me massively. Um, yeah. So there are things that I love to read about and I do engage in, but I don't think I consciously acknowledge it as being a certain thing if that makes sense yeah i just want to go back to the the kind of um 
what we're doing in the world uh, and where we are, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And I've had similar thoughts recently. And I think a lot of people are going through this transition and because the world's been obviously forced to slow down with this virus, um, it's like the health and wellness retreat we've, we've all needed, I think, as a society. And there's going to be a lot of self-reflection and it really opens your eyes to like, the bigger questions of like, you know, what's important to me? What's my purpose? What are we really doing here? Um, and it's certainly questions I've asked myself. And there's a great um, documentary series on Netflix called One Strange Rock. And it's narrated by Will Smith. And he sort of follows the journeys of astronauts. And they've got all this footage of astronauts looking down from space in, on the Earth. And it just really puts in into perspective of just how like insignificant I think our day-to-day problems really are um mm. so I'd I'd urge you to to go and check that out and other people listening it's it's incredible and I think sometimes we just got to get out of ourselves uh for for even just for a short while and just those moments of reconnection like you know I think we're also hepped up on working out but what about working in you know doing the journaling working out what's important to you uh and i think this period's just an an amazing opportunity for us to to reconnect you know i noticed it on your website you know these three things are really important is community support and connection and i think this mm. is about i think it's about reconnecting um so i hope we can all leave this period um better connected which is what this podcast is all about um and happier and healthier i think that's what it's all about and i think um some of the things that you've said there just yeah really resonate with me and i've just gone off on a little tangent um, <laughs> oh it's a good one and that that netflix is it one strange, one rock? strange rock yeah it's really i've cool. got to watch that that sounds amazing so cool. and the, it, how everything's linked in like the ecosystem how everything comes across the amazon and and the cycles that we learn about in school and you know it's it's crazy how it all works works together and um you know maybe this needed to happen to slow the world down a little bit Mm, I think so I think I I spend a lot of time thinking about how again it comes down to that existential thing of okay so run talk run started because I was very depressed and I needed to run and talk putting it very simply but how that does have a ripple effect and now there are these groups over the world doing that same thing and like if everyone took like one small action um like I did two and a half years ago to run and talk with someone else like like the ripple effect that that could have so although we are very insignificant in in this grand scheme of the universe (laughs) Like you can still have like massive impacts, and that just blows my mind. Like well, it's, and it, the energy you you give out, it, it it operates on certain frequencies that it will. I think it will double every time it reaches and meets somebody, and it has a compounding effect. You know, kindness and positive energy. And my good friend Luke Ambler says, you know, you're either a radiator or you're a drain. So you know who who's around you that's a radiator and, and who's a drain. So. You know, there's a lot of cliches like surround yourself with, you know, you, some of the five people you hang out with the most. But um, 
I just think, yeah, the more we can be radiators, I think the better the world will be. Um, and I think it's just about slowing down a lot of the time and, and just really trying to work out what's important to, to you and, and what makes world, the world a better place. Um, so going back to um, the future for Run Talk Run, I noticed that you've got some additional bolt-ons, such as a podcast. How is that working for you? And are you enjoying that? Are you hosting it? I haven't yet listened or tuned in. How are you finding the podcasting world? So I feel like I've been very, very lucky with the people that I'm surrounded with, actually, to be honest. Um, radiators. So run- I've got so many radiators <laughs> uh, <laughs> in my world. <laughs> A lot of my radiators come in the form of Run Sort Run leaders. And it was one particular leader, Josh, who leads Run to Run Tooting, who as soon as lockdown started, he said, we need something that brings the community together that keeps us talking um, and you know putting out this message that it's all right to talk about your mental health so it was josh's idea and i'm very fortunate that all i have to do is turn up and talk <laughs> um, he's taken a lot of the um editing um promoting that side of things um yeah it's all in his hands so feel very supported with it which makes it a really enjoyable experience. So what sort of guests are you looking for? Like running related guests or more sort of personal development? Like what's the kind of direction you want to take that in? Both. Um, absolutely anything, to be honest. Um, <laughs> thing is, as you know, we all have mental health. We all have a brain. So actually anyone is qualified to talk about you know, that mental health. Um, and to be honest, it's just an opportunity to highlight some of some really cool things that are going on in the world. As much as it's to highlight running and mental health, it's also, you know, to shout about other charities and other ways to look after yourself. And yeah, it's quite open. <laughs> it's putting that positive energy out there. And I think there's just been this huge surge in podcasts. And there's this, I feel like there's this need for long form conversation i think the old format of the news and media is slowly dying and i think there's this thirst for really getting picking someone's brain and really having a, a meaningful chat and conversation and don't get me wrong I'd, I'd rather be meeting people in person I'd rather be doing this interview live with you but fortunate enough mm. to have the beauty of technology and you know zoom here like anyone can set their own podcast up like I really urge someone, if you want to put that positive energy out into the world, start your own podcast. You don't need a fancy mic. You know, you just need a pair of your iPhone headphones, you know, your laptop or your phone, you know, you're on your phone and you can create really good, powerful content. Um, And I really do think there's, um, you know, a future for podcasting and and everything that can, can come with it. I think there's people out there that have got really important messages um, to share um, what bit of advice would you give someone that's got an important message and wants to get it out in the world, whether that be via podcast or otherwise? If you have an important message to share, honestly, just say yes to, to all of these little podcast opportunities. And I know we've just spoken about, you know, being paid to talk and paid to, you know, give 
public talks and things. No one's getting paid but, today, by the way. Just a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> We're not paying each other. <laughs> no, like, but this is the thing. <laughs> I think if you've got something you want to share, just take every opportunity to share it. Um, I think that that is my advice, to be honest. Um, and don't be afraid um of sharing it through your own channels like you've just said start your own podcast you know if you've got something you want to talk about you know you'll enjoy the process of talking about it whether or not anyone else listens I think if you can enjoy the process of sharing your message as much as you enjoy whether or not it has an outcome you're winning and I learn you know even if one person tunes in you know it's about networking and learning yourself and meeting uh you know, like-minded people, uh, meeting other radiators. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Put yourself in the way of those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's not something I've found very easy, actually. Um, I'm naturally pretty introverted. Um, not, not a social butterfly. So to put myself in the way of radiators, as lovely as radiators are, <laughs> um, I still find it tricky. Um, it, it can be. And because we experience different feel feelings, thoughts, emotions daily, you know, um, public speaking is a skill and putting yourself out there on cameras, I think it's a skill as well. And is there anything that you do before like a big public speech that could help other people, um, to deliver with clarity and confidence and really try and keep anxiety at bay? Like what do you do to control those intrusive emotions and negative thoughts sometimes before a big speech? Um, so I'm going to use one I did in January as an example. Um, I spoke at the national running show. It was a big old stage. Lots and lots of people watching. I was so scared. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. I don't actually even know numbers. Um, but a lot. But absolute sea, an absolute <laughs> oh. sea of people. Um, you know, I'd seen the incredible runners, like people like Joe Paley that had been on the stage before me. And I was thinking, I don't have interesting things to say like she does. It's crazy. Um, but I read um, a Brené Brown sort of, I think I'd read her book actually, really quite recently before doing this talk. And she gave advice to her daughter before her daughter had this swimming gala. The daughter didn't even want to, partake in the swimming race um because she knew that she was the slowest and that she was going to lose um but apparently the advice she gave to her daughter was don't even worry about winning the race don't even worry about swimming just get wet make the goal to get wet get in the pool um so all the while I was waiting for my talk um I just kind of had it in my head just just get on the stage like whatever happens after that, it's, it's fine. Like I, even if I just say the words "run to run" and then run back off run. the stage, <laughs> I've, I've achieved my goal of getting on that stage. And I think for me, it's all about making the the task, whether that is a talk or a podcast or meeting someone new, making it just feel smaller and more manageable in that moment. You know, I can leave anytime I like. <laughs> I can I can opt out if I want to, but I've got to turn up first before opting out. I love that. It's something that I, kind of similar to you, um, 
just getting out there. I've started doing on my public speeches just the how I am out of 10, the, the check-in number, like at the start of my talk. Mm-hmm. Then if I faint, have a panic attack, don't deliver very well, it's not an excuse, but I'm just showing real honesty, you know, can get out there and say, oh, I'm a four, didn't sleep well, I'm really anxious, but okay, I've got an important message to share. And I think that we speak mm-hmm. to change the world. So whether you're a one or a 10, I think, you need to just do it anyway because you can't go swimming without getting wet exactly that's exactly it and I've listened to this talk that I delivered at the running show back and my voice is shaking so badly and I didn't notice it while I was talking but I could definitely hear it and um even my run leaders who were there watching they said yeah your voice was shaking badly um but that didn't that didn't matter with the audience like they didn't care like no one's there hoping you're gonna really uh, mess it up you know so mm. that's does you don't have to be perfect is what yeah. i'm trying to say i think that perfection, perfectionism can be a big downfall for many particularly mine um so we're sort of transitioning towards the end now and i've got a few uh questions i suppose like template questions just to um pick your brains a little bit more so is there anything of late or recently that springs to mind um, that you've changed your mind about or have different views on? It can be any topic. Oh, um, I think it maybe it's because I've been forced to do without it. So, okay, essentially the gym going back to that strength training thing was very much a part it was a coping mechanism for me and I used my strength training as a means to feel good pretty much well every single day and kind of wrapped a lot of my self-esteem up in it and I didn't realize I was even doing this <laughs> um, and I don't know if this is like something that's changed my mind about fitness or maybe just my approach to fitness but lockdown has definitely changed my mind about the way I see my self-esteem and kind of um, changing the way I approach managing my self-worth, <laughs> basically. Well, that's, that's positive. That's great. It is, yeah. It's a funny one. It was, um, it was an uncomfortable lesson for the first three, four weeks of lockdown, but... I think that's the most standout thing that's changed for me recently in terms of the way I'm changed my mind on something. That's great. Great answer. So strength training, maybe you implement that more into your life now coming out of lockdown and let it work in synergy with your running. Yeah. Or just detaching myself necessarily from the feelings of, self-worth that it was giving me if that makes sense yeah yeah great answer Mm. thank you um the next one is what scares jess what scares you um that there's always more i could be doing to support my runners I care so much about everyone in the run, talk, run community that it scares me that I've missed a trick somewhere 
or that I, I could have done something more even in this lockdown what more could I have done um, and I think that scares me every single day actually but that's because I care a lot <laughs> that's good great answer and the last one is is there any particular guilty pleasure or hobby um, that you can share with me that someone may not know about you um that some people don't know one of my guilty pleasures in normal life that not many people know about is my cinema habit so i have a cinema unlimited card and i would i would go twice maybe three times a week by myself <laughs> um, just as a means to switch off and that really felt like a guilty pleasure um that's a nice guilty pleasure i've yeah. got a few friends that go to cinema yeah. um and there's nothing wrong with that that's cool that that's cool that's a really good that's one of the better ones i've had actually it's quite inspiring even though you can't what other guilty time, pleasures have you, you have can't. you been speaking about on here um Nothing, nothing below, below board. Not, you know, it's all been PC stuff. Um, I've had Nathan's last one was that he sucks his thumb. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I've had a few. I can't remember uh, some of the other ones I've had. Um, oh, our friend Paul McGregor, he likes to rap and used to write rap rhymes for rap battles. <laughs> I would never have guessed that. <laughs> Don't, it's such a good question because it just... Um, it just teases out that we're all human and we all like little weird and wonderful things. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's great. So I always close out the podcast with um, asking the guest to provide for our Spotify channel a fire up track for like a run or a workout and then a chill out track for like winding down, maybe before bed, Sunday vibes. So what would be your fire up track and we'll add it to the playlist? Great question. Um, it's not new, um, but <laughs> recently we discovered a Duke Dumont uh, song, uh, Therapy. That gets me okay. fired up to run at the moment. Um, That's cool. I like uh, Duke Dumont. Bit of kind of house, yep. kind of housey vibes. Yeah, it's nice and upbeat. Good beat to run to. Um, so my favourite track ever, ever, ever that I use if I want to calm myself down is Moby. And it's the track 18 from the 18 album. <laughs> I'll check that out. Yeah. So it's a really nice thing. I always, after the episodes, I go back and I listen to the tracks and I put them in the playlist. And then sometimes I'll dip back in. And it just reminds me of the the conversations. And yeah, it's just a nice thing. Uh, that's a feature of the podcast, which I really enjoy doing. So I always close out with that question. Yeah, it's different. I like that. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I think we'll wrap up there. Jess, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you enjoy the sunshine. Is it sunny where you are? Where are you in the world right now? It is. Where I'm in Sussex and it is warm. <laughs> well, get outside, enjoy uh, the sunshine because I'm sure it won't last forever. Thanks so much for sharing your journey and the Run Sport Run stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you for indulging me. It's been lovely. <laughs> Cheers, Jess. <laughs>